It's all in the cards. Dead man walking. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of League Lore and More as we continue our Bilgewater series with a couple of people who will, uh, I guess, not necessarily fit the narrative that we've already established with Bilgewater as being a, you know, pirate type mo motif um, as these two people are, are going to give more of a Western vibe to it, uh, but I feel like they fit in very well, and those are Graves and Twisted Fate. Uh, we'll be doing both uh, today and then a long story for both of them, uh, like with both of them as characters uh, next, next week on next week's episode. Um, so... Graves is uh, the second intro soundbite that you heard. And Graves uh, was released uh, as the... Um, or he was released on October 19th of 2011. So coming up on his 11th birthday. And he is a... Technically a marksman, but kind of he's more of like a bruiser uh, that is played in the jungle, or sometimes he will be will be played top lane. Um, and this is after his rework, so he was previously a marksman down in the bot lane. Uh, his abilities. His passive is called New Destiny. Graves' basic attacks consume ammunition. He will reload over a few seconds immediately after expending his two shells, or um, if you fire once and then you don't fire the second shot, like after a few seconds, he will load a second one back. Um, reload time is reduced by Graves' level and uh, bonus attack speed. Uh, also on his passive is t uh, 12 gauge. Graves' basic attacks spray four pellets in a cone, each colliding with the first enemy unit or structure in their path, dealing 70% to 100% based on level, physical damage, plus, you know, damage from all these other sources. For each subsequent pellet hitting the same target, up to 139, or basically 140 to 200% physical damage against a single target. Uh, and it does reduce damage versus structures. Uh, critical strikes are six pellets over a 25% wider cone. Pellets apply lifesteal at 100% effectiveness. Only the first pellet to hit each enemy applies on hit effects. Uh, also in this is Buckshot. Non-champion units hit by more than one pellet are knocked back, though not through terrain. So there's a lot here, but... You walk around, you have your shotgun, and you have two shots in it. And so, you know, you will attack something. It will spray four pellets out, each doing, you know, a certain amount of damage. And more damage if you hit the same target with more shots. And if, it, if you critical strike, you'll get six pellets come out instead of four. And if you are uh, close enough to something that you hit it with multiple uh, pellets and it's not a champion, uh, it will get knocked back a little bit, which is very useful in the jungle for kiting 
uh, and like staying away from your jungle camp so that they don't damage you and so that you stay healthier and can uh, clear more camps and skirmish uh, without having to base as often. His Q is called End of the Line. Uh, Graves fires a round in the target direction that deals physical damage to enemies. It passes through and leaves behind a powder trail. After two seconds, uh, or 0.23 seconds, if colliding with terrain, the round detonates to deal physical damage to enemies within a wide perpendicular area and in a reverse wave along the powder trail. So you will fire it out in front of you, this black trail will go the path that the, the shot went, um, and then it'll kind of make like a T-shape. So the powder trail, and then it'll be this rectangle that's perpendicular to the trail uh, at the end of it. If you hit terrain, it'll just it'll come back basically instantly. Otherwise, it'll like the, the round will kind of like sit up in the air there and then come back down and explode along you know the T-shape. Uh, his W is Smoke Screen. Graves fires a smoke canister at the target location that upon impact deals magic damage to enemies within area and slows them by 50% for 0.5 seconds. The canister creates a cloud of smoke for 4 seconds that applies near sight of outside the area to all enemies within, reducing their sight radius relative to the center. So when you're in it, you can't see much anything that's outside of the smoke screen, as you know that would kind of make sense. His E is called Quick Draw. Graves dashes to the target location, re reloading one shell while generating a stack of True Grit for four seconds, stacking up to eight times. Dashing towards an enemy champion generates two stacks of True Grit. Quick Draw's cooldown is reduced by half second every pellet for every pellet impacting an enemy. <coughs> True Grit. Uh, is something that needs to be defined, and that is for each stack, which he gets from what we just described, Graves gains bonus armor. Subsequent casts of quick draw and attacks versus non-minions will refresh the duration of true grit. Uh, so like if you have, if you fire a shot, right, and you're at one shot, um, and you use your E, it'll automatically, like you don't have to do the re uh, reload animation. It'll just add another charge to your to your gun. Uh, his R, or his ultimate, is collateral damage. Graves fires an explosive shell in the target direction that deals physical damage to enemies hit and causes him to recoil 300 units in the opposite direction. Upon hitting an enemy, uh, an enemy champion, or reaching the end of its range, the shell explodes in a cone to deal 80% of damage to additional enemies. So you'll fire it out, and it's you know it's so explosive that it knocks you back, um, which is what it means when it says recoil. Knocks you back a certain distance. Um, you, you can go through terrain on that. Um, and then it fires out, and if it hits somebody, then it explodes uh, into a wider range. Um, or if it just reaches its max range, then it will do that. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's Graves, and then Twisted Fate is, um, one of the OG champions in the game. He is the 16th release champion in League of Legends, released on uh, the 21st of February, 2009. He is a mage, um, 
a burst mage or a utility mage. Um, he has had varying playstyles in the past. He is almost exclusively played in the mid lane. Uh, some people who are crazy good at him will uh, take him into the jungle. Um, and he is... Uh, so he's the first voice that you heard at the start of this episode, and he is a, like, uh, his, you know, his thing is with uh, playing cards. Uh, that's his shtick. Um, uh, his abilities are, his passive is loaded dice. Uh, whenever Twisted Fate kills an enemy, he generates one to six gold uh, at, based on probability, but just for our sake, you know, just random. So... Um, and since his dice are loaded, um, Twisted Fate has an increased chance of gaining six gold. So that is like in addition to the gold that you get for killing the minion. So like if you kill a, a cast a back back row minion and it gives you you know seventeen gold or something, uh, or fourteen gold, um, there's a chance that that could be twenty or fifteen or sixteen, seventeen, and so on, because of just extra gold that you're getting from his passive. Uh, his Q is called Wild Cards, or Wild Cards, I guess. I didn't know why I pronounced it that way. Uh, Twisted Fate throws a fan of three cards in a cone in the target direction that each deal magic damage to enemies hit. So you just throw three cards out in front of you. They each go in the semi-same direction, but like they're fanning, like they're, the you know, when they reach their their the farthest distance they'll be like the farthest apart kind of um essentially um and each one deals damage uh his w is pick a card twisted fate cycles through three cards for six seconds hovering each for half second at a time pick a card can be recast within the duration which selects the current card hovered Twisted Fate empowers his next basic attack within 6 seconds to have a 0.25 second cast time, deal modified magic damage, and apply an additional effect based on the card selected, though not being able to critically strike with this ability. Um, so, you will cycle through a blue card, a red card, and a gold card. And then, when you recast your W, so you press W, and it's cycling through, and then you pick, you hit W again, to pick, if you pick a blue card, um, blue card does a certain amount of damage, um, and then it will also restore mana from 50 to 150 based on the level of the ability. Uh, the red card deals magic damage to the target and surrounding enemies, slowing them for two and a half seconds. So it's an AoE slow, uh, in addition to the magic damage that it does. A gold card stuns the target for a duration within as one to two seconds based on level the blue card does the most damage out of any of the cards and uh the gold card does the least um all are useful in their own ways i would say red card probably gets used less than blue and gold um but uh, all are useful. His E is called Stacked Deck. It is a passive ability, so you do not ever click E in the game. Uh, Twisted Fate gains bonus attack speed. His basic attacks generate a stack of Stacked Deck, stacking up to three times. 
At three stacks, his next basic attack is empowered to consume them all and deal bonus damage. His R, or ultimate, is called Destiny. Twisted Fate marks all targetable enemy champions, revealing them for a few seconds. Destiny can be recast after a half second, and when you recast, uh, Twisted Fate will channel for one and a half seconds before blinking to the target location. Uh, and here's an interesting thing that I did not know, but it will destroy when you blink. Uh, any projectile targeting him will be destroyed in that process. Um, so you will click your R. Any or all the enemy champions will be there, like they will be revealed on the map. So even if you don't have vision of them, like like with wards and stuff, like you know that's the power of it. It will reveal them. If they have an item like a Banshee's Veil, which blocks enemy abilities, um, it will uh, prevent you from seeing them. And, or it, it will prevent a Twisted Fate from seeing you, if you have it. Um, but it will reveal them, and then you can hover your mouse over a location on the map that's within range. It's a very large range. Um, and hit R again, and then after one and a half seconds, you will, you know, essentially, it says blink, but essentially teleport to that location. Um, so, that's interesting. Uh, Twist of Fate's name is kind of a play on the phrase of Twist of Fate, just like Ms. Fortune, or Misfortune was a play on Misfortune. Um, and there's actually a cinematic uh, that he stars in that is called a Twist of of fate um he was one of the first six champions designed uh the others being annie lisa and singe cyan and sivir and his dance emote in the game is gangam style by sai um and um yeah that's it i will um hop into their biographies and um, I hope you guys learn something, but, uh, other than that, that is all that's going to be, uh, for today's episode, no, you know, no story. And then, uh, next week, you know, we're going to see these two team up and, and, uh, go on in, in an adventure and, uh, kind of see how they interact and, uh, see what they're all about. And so, uh. I hope you stick around for that next week. Uh, but I hope you learned something with, uh, with uh, their biographies, get some of their background, and uh, thank you all for listening. time for games graves the outlaw raised in the wharf alleys of bilgewater malcolm graves quickly learned how to fight and how to steal skills that would serve him very well in all the years ahead he could always work or he could always find work hauling contraband up from the smugglers skiffs that came into the bay each night with a tidy side gig as hired muscle for various other unsavory local characters 
as they went about their business in the port. But the alleys were small time, and he craved more excitement than they could offer. Still little more than a youth, Graves stole a blunderbuss and smuggled himself aboard a ship headed out, to Bil out of Bilgewater to the Shreeman mainland, where he stole, lied, and gambled his way from place to place along the coast. Across the table of a high-stakes and highly illegal card game in Mudtown, Graves met a man who would change the course of his life and his career, the trickster now known to many as Twisted Fate. Each immediately saw in the other the same reckless passion for danger and adventure, and together they formed a most lucrative partnership. Between Graves' raw brawn and Twisted Fate's ability to talk his way out of, and occasionally back into, almost any situation, they were an un unusually effective team from the outset. Their mutual sense of roguish honor grew into genuine trust, and together they stole from the rich, swindled the foolish, handpicked skilled crews for specific jobs, and sold out their rivals whenever they could. Though at times Twisted Fate would blow all their shares and leave them with nothing to show for it, Graves knew that the thrill of some new escapade was always just around the corner. On the southern borderlands of Valoran, they set two renowned noble houses of Noxus at each other's throats, as cover for the rescue of a kidnapped heir. That they pocketed the reward money, only to ransom the vile young man to the highest bidder, should really have come as no surprise to their original employer. In Piltover, they still holded the, the distinction of being the only thieves ever to crack the supposedly impenetrable clockwork vault. Not only did the pair empty the vault of all its treasures, they also tricked the guards into loading the loot onto their hijacked schooner for a quick getaway through the sun gates. In almost every case, only once they and their accomplices were safely over the horizon were their crimes even discovered. Usually, along with one of Twisted Fate's trademark calling cards left where it, can, where it would be easily found. But eventually, their luck ran out. During a heist that rapidly turned from complex to completely botched, Graves was taken by the local enforcers, while Twisted Fate merely turned tail and abandoned him. Thrown into the infamous prison known as the Locker, Graves endured years of torture and solitary confinement, during which time he nursed his bitter anger toward his old partner. A lesser man would surely have been broken by all of this, but not Malcolm Graves. He was determined to have his revenge. When he finally clawed his way to freedom, with the prison's warden, prison warden's brand new shotgun slung over his shoulder, Graves began his long overdue pursuit of twisted fate. The search led him back home to Bilgewater, where he found that the wily old card sharp had acquired a few new bounties on his head, and Graves would be only too happy to claim them. However, just as he got Twisted Fate in his sights, they were forced to put aside their differences in order to escape almost certain death in the ongoing conflict between the Reaver King Gangplank and his rival ship captains. Once again, Graves found himself escaping his hometown, only this time he had his old friend in tow. While both of them might have liked to pick up their partnership where they left off all those years ago, such resentment couldn't simply be forgotten overnight, and it would be a while before Graves could bring himself to trust Twisted Fate again. Still, he feels Bilgewater calling to him once more. Maybe this time around, the pair of them will find their stride and be able to pull off the ultimate heist. Dead man walking. Just the luck of the draw. Twisted Fate, the Cardmaster, was born to the nomadic riverfolk of the Serpentine Delta. The boy Tobias Felix quickly learned what it was to be an outsider. 
tolerated for the exotic goods they peddled, but shunned for their strange traditions. These people found only short welcomes wherever they birthed their colorful river barks. His elders would shrug and say this was just the way of the world, but the obvious prejudice always stuck in Tobias's craw. He found his true calling in the gambling tents, between games of chance and skill like Mortwheel and Stabberscotch. When he first picked up a deck of playing cards many years earlier, his superstitious grandfather had shown him how to read omens in the shuffle and cut, while his aunt had later taught him how to read all an opponent's tells. Between the two, Tobias took to the high-stakes game of Kraken Hand like an old master. He could almost feel each card's place in the deck, and allow their movements through each successive hand. He was often accused of cheating, but it was difficult for anyone to explain exactly how. Finally, one night, a group of men who lost their fortunes to young Tobias returned in the dead of night to settle the score. They came bearing cudgels and emboldened by cheap rotgut, went from tent to tent in their search for him, beating down any of the river folk who got in their way. Fearing for his life, Tobias turned and fled into the darkness. When dawn came, the lad sheepishly crept back to find his people breaking down the camp. No one would look him in the eye. He had thought only of himself and left others to face the consequences of his actions. Though he begged and pleaded with them all, Tobias was exiled for what he, for what he had done. With his whole world falling apart around him, he watched helplessly as the barks left, leaving him alone on the riverbank and noth with nothing but his grandfather's worn deck of cards clutched in his hands. He grew to manhood as a drifter, trout trawling the gambling halls of every settlement he came to, using his pre preternatural skill to earn enough coin to survive. That Tobias was able to relieve the boastful, the arrogant, and the cruel of their cash was just an added bonus, though he was always careful to let his marks win at least a few hands here and there. Across one table, he met a de deplorable fellow named Malcolm Graves. Each recognizing a kindred soul, Tobias and Graves quickly joined forces, and the two of them spent years running various dubious endeavors across the northeastern coastal towns and beyond. With every con, swindle, and heist, Tobias felt the pull of the cards growing stronger, and he knew it was more than mere gambler's luck that guided him. His people had always waved away concerns over primitive magic and cartomancy, but now Tobias began to seek out ever more dangerous means to bend the cards to his will. That search ended badly when a particularly daring heist went wrong. The exact details of that night remain shrouded in mystery, for neither of them likes to speak of it, but Graves was taken alive, while Tobias and the other accomplices ran free. Though he tried to break Graves out, he, he failed. Instead, seeking to begin again, he returned his birth name to the river's waters and took another name, Twisted Fate. After that, Twisted Fate continued to ply his criminal trade in the high parlors and low dens of every city he visited, though without his partner to help him, he tended to find himself cornered far more often. Indeed, he was imprisoned with great fanfare too many times to count, yet no cell ever seemed able to hold him for long. Twisted Fate was always gone with morning's light, leaving only a mocking calling card to confirm he had ever been there at all. In the port of Bilgewater, Twisted Fate and Graves finally had their day of rec reckoning. They were forced to put aside their differences after being caught up in a power struggle between the ship captains who ran the place, but following the death of the Reaver King Gangplank, the pair managed a swift reconciliation before shoving off and making for a distant Piltover. All in all, Twisted Fate is glad to have his old friend back, even if it might take another job or two, or ten, 
to restore their once easy partnership. Cheater's just a fancy word for winner. So there we have the biographies for Graves and Twisted Fate. Um, linking up quite a bit there uh, near the ends. Uh, once they, they meet each other, the biographies are pretty pretty similar there. Uh, and so yeah, we see some tension here. A bit, in my opinion, lazy writing to just you know, right away the happenings of the night where they split and Graves went to jail because, and just say, oh, shrouded in mystery, neither, neither of them talk about it. It's like, you can, you can, that, that can still be true and the audience can still know what happens um, because the characters, you know, they are, <laughs> it wouldn't be them telling it. Uh, but I digress on that. Uh, so we definitely get, you know, this kind of saloon, western-type vibe from these two, uh, especially from the way they talk. Uh, but I feel like that mixes very well with the theme and the motif of uh, Bilgewater. Um, kind of cut from the same cloth. And, yeah, I'm excited to see where our story next week takes us. And, you know, it all seems to be revolving around the uh, gangplank and, you know, the Reaver Kings and the battle for the control of Bilgewater. So that will be the, the overarching motif like we have with all of our other uh, lore series. Uh, you know, Shurima, we have the overarching theme of Azir and the return of Azir and how everyone kind of played their part in the events that happened you know with Freljord we had the civil war the Ordals we really didn't now that I'm thinking about it but you get the the idea and so that will be the theme on in, in here in Bilgewater and uh I hope we get some sort of uh arc to it and uh yeah, I will be back next week with uh, our long... It will be long. Uh, I mean, it technically it's a short story, right? But it, it'll be pretty lengthy for me to, to read it. Um, about Gangplank and Twisted Fate. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope to see you guys back here next week.
let's raise the stakes.